doesn't see so i'm not jake o'brien anymore yeah so he probably doesn't yeah, hate yeah. me like he used to because i've told <laughs> him so many times what an idiot he is but now that I'm Tony Bonifero, I sent him a message. Who haven't you told her an idiot? You would come on at one point. <laughs> I sent you guys what I'm going to, like my lineup. And so what I was going to touch on is the the picks, obviously, yeah. top five. It's Parsons, Chase, Pitts, Fields, or Lance, if they're still there, Sewell, and... Uh, Sewell in its short trade trade down, like so, like if they trade down with Washington or something. Yeah. But then I also added my reasons why are the free agents that are available. Yeah. So if you know we don't get we don't land a receiver, we have the U.S. Perk on, on yeah. you know little things like that. Oh, that's good. I think that, and I'll be honest with you, this is the worst. Lions roster I have ever seen in my life. But, great. but I don't but I don't blame them. Like I don't blame anyone who's there right now. They were left with the cupboards bare, right? So well that well that's it, right? And that's a good a good point we should make. Yeah. I, I might address that as yeah. well. Yeah. Right after the video, if you say that, that yes, absolutely. Shows, yeah. Shows yours. yeah, and we might have uh, we might get a sponsorship of a bourbon company in downtown Detroit who uh, Jay has a connection with, and he said he might send up a couple and we might ask him for a case of bourbon or yeah. something, right? With the border, always. yeah, with the border, but like, so we might get, yeah, my wife is American. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get I get one hundred fifty dollars worth of electrical stuff. I can't get over it. You have to be careful. It's been over. It's been there since March nineteenth last year. Yeah. And the only thing I want, everything else I can leave. I got a M one modem. Oh yeah. That I can go middle of anywhere. Yeah. And and use for internet because it's AT and T. It's a at a friend of mine. She picked it up from American Address because they closed. Yeah, that's what we used to go to. Yeah, so she she it's at her house because in Sioux, Michigan because. Everything else I don't care about, but that that little she, only, she works twice a week. Only with the things Like just that little modem is the only part. Yeah. Everything else is just tripod stands and yeah. And if we need stuff like that, like I have a full studio. Yeah, <laughs> we ever need stuff oh, like yeah. that. Yeah, I have like LED lights and soft boxes. And oh, we'll see. I get two yeah. ring lights. Yeah, and one of them's out in one. My son. So Kuz, yeah. One thing I'm going to be talking about off the start is the whole adage of the Fords don't want to win. I just have yeah, so okay. you kind of know where have, I'm going right? with that. So yeah, so I do all the okay. photos, videos, social media marketing for Exit Realty. So and like they brought me on about a year and a half ago now. So they like I have all the gimbals, but lighting is one thing that we like, have. I, I have the Osmo too. And yeah, okay. yeah. So yeah. we never need anything like that. And you know Bob Davies? Who? Bob Davies, the old police chief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he sends me a message that he does all my photos too. Man. Okay. And now because, yeah, just that because of doing all my photos, the Greyhounds hired him. I never tired him. Yeah. Bob says me the other day, guess what I'm doing? I'm bored as hell. I'm like, yeah, he goes, I'm buying a DJI Mini. Yeah, that's what I'm I I'm like, why? He goes, because I'm bored. What's a DJI Mini? It's a drone. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're awesome. Yeah, so I have three drones, and that's one of them. But the Minis, can you get away with it? Being yeah. in town because yeah. it's small. I'm fully licensed. I have to be because of Bob. Job. Yeah, anybody can fly. Yeah. 249 grams, it's under 250. You can fly it. Yeah. I have one. I just don't know who to. I have a good one. I just like it was one of those old ones, like the fifteen hundred dollar ones when yeah, they yeah. first came out. Fucking took it out twice. And we fucking <laughs> tr we crashed it once. Can't don't know how to fix the thing, and yeah. it's just been sitting in a Nightmare thing. Or something. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you. If 
our school board our school board here bought a bunch of like uh i think two or three of those like 4k drones oh, yeah. because we're in a small we're in a small town right Seven thousand yeah. people they can't fly it anywhere within the town limits because it's all within two to it's too close to an airspace oh that's yeah. right the airport hey kim ross jerry lewiskin wants me to the one at kim ross i said jerry we can't i'm like why it's two miles yeah. nautical miles away from yeah. the airport yeah. like yeah all right let's roll here all right, Start, let's do it. You guys, I've been taking you guys for about three minutes now. Oh, so. oh really? Some bloopers eventually. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, shit. Good for you. You would I be. Mean, I thought you were doing the. Uh, I will, but I'm just saying. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got off the hook. Yeah. I don't know, private chat, if there's something you want to say with those. Yeah. Guys. Have you seen? So there is the private chat down here, you right? Guys are yeah, yeah, I see it down in the corner here so you're not doing the intro now we're just starting the show and then you're going to edit the For intro tonight, in? when it's live yeah i will uh, okay but all i did it was premiere and damn i was like gonna get all jack oh, with the good. music no that's fine no i'm good i'm good no no no, no that's fine it's fine no. no i just want to see it i want to see it too like yeah yeah Guys, podcast brought to you by Outspoken Sports. My name's Tony Bonifero, joined alongside my co-host Mike Cusolino. Cus, how you doing, bud? I'm doing pretty good, uh, Bono. How you doing? Good, man. Glad to be doing this with you. I know we, we've talked about this for a long time, so it's nice to finally get it started. Yeah, I'm so, really excited. Uh, I'm really excited to do this and get this underway. We we talk lions all the time, right? So it's nice to finally uh, put it out there for everybody absolutely. to hear. So to let everyone know kind of what the format's going to be throughout these shows, we're going to just pick a couple topics and we're going to just break down different things. Part of the reason why I wanted to do a Lions podcast was because, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I read everything there is to read about the Lions. I follow different people on Twitter, uh, read the beat writers, and they all do a great job. This isn't, isn't taking anything away from them. But oftentimes when I'm thinking about the Lions or reading about the Lions, I feel like I'm reading or hearing opinions based on opinions, meaning like you, you know, oh, I've, I've read this article already. And then you go on and you read the other article and it's almost like the same ideas, same concepts. What I want to come from and where we want to come from is we want to offer a unique perspective, things you're not going to hear all the time, might not be the most popular opinion sometimes, but that's kind of where we're coming from while we're doing this podcast. Um, I'm a diehard Lions fan, grew up a Lions fan. 
we live six and a half hours away up in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, and uh, I'm a Lions season ticket holder. I go to every game, drive down, make the trek down. I've spent tens of thousands of dollars on this team. And I, it's just a passion and a love that Lions fans have for this team, whether it's good or bad. And that's what we want to talk about. And that's what we want to convey to you guys uh, throughout this. So that's where I'm coming from. I'm going to toss it over to Coos before we get into this. And uh, go ahead, Coos. Hi, everybody. My name is Mike Cousolino. Uh, most people call me Coos. Born and raised in Sault Ste. Marie, just like just like Bono. Um, you know, I, I my story is a little bit different than Bono's. I didn't really get into Lions right from an early age. My dad was never really into a lot of sports. My dad was never really uh, uh, around a lot. Like, he traveled a lot for work as an engineer, right? So we, I never really got to experience uh football or a lot of sports that matter as a child it wasn't until i started getting into sports myself uh namely football when i when i started playing football in high school that i decided well you know what i'm playing football i might as well start watching football and it was uh right around the end of the the barry sanders era that i started getting into the detroit lions and it was really because i was already a red wings fan with hockey so I thought, well, I'm cheering for the Red Wings. I might as well cheer for the Lions too. Let's just pick a city. Pick Detroit, right? Again, right? We grew up like, you know, five hours, six hours from Detroit. So I'm like, let's pick Detroit. Uh, little did I know that I would be in for a lifetime of misery. But um, you know what? I love the Lions. I, I love the game of football. You know, I got into it. I was never really uh, a great football player. Like, I just love the game. I love everything about it, learning about it, the mechanics that are involved with it. You know, I love to watch. Um, I don't like to watch specific players, right, even when I watch football. I love to watch, like, positions, right? I like to see what the O-line does. I like to see how DBs are playing and, uh, you know, things that, that are going on on the field because, uh, you know, I loved, love to learn the game, right? So that's kind of how I, how I got into to football and how I became a Lions fan. And now, you know... Uh, I could never see myself cheering for any other team, no matter how bad things get. I'm still a Lions fan through and through, and I will be right to the day I die. So that's my story. Absolutely. So the thing, Kuz, you know, the reason why we chose, why we talked about doing this show is you and I have argued and bitched about the Lions more than any two people I know. And we have a special guest joining us later on, and he, he fits right into this. So anyone who thinks that this is just going to be, uh, you know, it's all rainbows and butterflies, you know, that's not what it's like. You know, we'll be honest with each other and we'll debate the issues. And if you guys disagree, if there's questions, we want you guys to be involved with, with what we do here. You know, one of the arguments that I often hear about the Lions and about the Fords is that the Fords don't want to win. And before we get into the topics, Kuz, I just want to address this because I know that's a popular belief that the Fords don't want to win. They don't care. Fords are bringing in money no matter what. I truly believe that the Fords want to win. I believe they want to bring a winner to Detroit. If you look at the coaches that they hired for a, you know, for a certain span of time, you know, they go out, they get guys like Bobby Ross and Steve Mariucci. Sure, they might be laughing stocks now because they came to Detroit, but keep in mind, these were sought after coaches. These were guys that people wanted. You know, the Fords would put the money out. They would pay the money if they believed that you would do well for them. It just hasn't worked out. So I don't buy the argument that the Lions don't want to win. I buy the argument that the Lions don't know how to win. 
And I think that that's important. I, you know what, I, I partially really agree with you. And I know like, <clears throat> I can argue that, yeah, they don't want to win. I, I don't think that's true. I don't think anybody, especially in a competitive industry like sports, that you don't want to win. Of course you want to win. Uh, like, and I was thinking about this earlier too, right? Is uh, Maybe part of it was, is like ownership was a little too trusting. Maybe they were a little too hands-off, right? Maybe that's going to be a little different with Sheila. Maybe she's going to educate herself, right? And and be not necessarily more hands-on. Trust the people that you're with, but know that you have a specific vision of what you want, right? And uh, and just be a little more involved that way, a little less hands-off. I definitely agree. They don't know how to win. They never did. You know, they 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 haven't won anything in over fifty years. So mm-hmm. I I would agree to that point that they don't know how to win. Um, I, I really uh, what was nice to see uh, Sheila here. You know, towards the end of the uh, Matt Patricia era, it was kind of like, hey, enough's enough, and she cut ties with both Quinn and Patricia. Yeah. It's like it was see you later, right? Um, so it was nice to see that they didn't just sit on it, like. How long did they sit on Matt Millen before they finally canned him, right? Like, mm-hmm. it was too late at that point. Whereas mm-hmm. I think she recognized, like, okay, I want to, you know, save this franchise and bring this franchise back. And so uh, it was nice to see that. Yeah, as far as, like, they don't want to win, I don't think that's true. Nobody wants to sit there and have, you know, even though I, maybe they don't care. I don't know. But, like, nobody – I know I wouldn't want to sit there and have fans – boo you and tell you to sell the team, sell the team all the time, right? No, I think you do want to win. Okay, Coos, that's great. So what we're going to do, just so everybody knows, this is our format, right? Right now, right now we got four topics that we're going to spend four minutes discussing. I'll introduce the topic. I'm going to throw it over to Coos. Coos, you give your take for a couple minutes. I'll counter and I'll, we'll talk briefly and then we'll move on. So the first question I got for you, Coos, the direction of the team, is it positive or negative and why? Okay, so right now for me, um, it's a little it's a little early, right? Like it's a little early. Um, I was, to be honest with you, I was just, I was so disgruntled over the last couple years with the Patricia era. I was like, I can't, I can't sit through this anymore. Um, I right now I have to say early on I re- I like it I think getting you know trading Stafford we got great value for him I, I thought um, you know and I, it was really nice to see uh, you know they kind of let him go where he wanted to go and they got a lot for him right I think the the writing was on the wall it wasn't going to happen with with Stafford might as well give him a place to go you know, and, uh, and, and start fresh. And they literally are starting fresh. Like, I don't think there's a starting receiver on our roster right now. Yeah. So Kuz, I, you know, we talked a little bit about this. I believe, I truly believe that this is the worst roster we have ever seen in our lives from top to bottom, the worst roster, the worst roster I've ever seen. It's, it's, it's okay. With the exception of the O-line, which is arguably one of the better ones in the league. However, I love the direction of this team. I love it because it's something different. I'm not saying it's going to work. I don't know. I'm not saying that Dan Campbell is going to lead us to the Super Bowl, right? I'm not saying Brad Holmes is the next whoever, right? Yeah. You know, um, Bill Belichick of GMing, right? Or whatever you want to call it. What I am saying is I like the direction that they're going. I like that they're trying something different because the same old crap we've been doing doesn't work and it's infuriating. I, I agree with you on that, right? It's 
it is nice to see refresh. It's refreshing to see something different, be a little more aggressive. They're, you know, they went in, they really, they cleaned house of the receiving core, right? Like with, um, you know, we have, uh, we have a, they went out and signed, you know, Jamal Williams, right? Gave him a, yeah. what is he on a one year deal for seven and a half, I think. Yeah. Right. Oh, like, you know, deal for seven and a half, but yeah. yeah. Um, right. So like, we, and we, you know, we have a, a good, I would, I don't want to say foundation, but like, I like our, the staff that Dan Campbell's put together, right. With, uh, you know, Antoine Rond- Randall is on is a re- coaching receivers. Uh, it was a Deuce Staley's doing running backs guys who I think, uh, you know, have respect around the league, you know, uh, Dan Campbell is, you know, has respect around the league. So does uh, Aaron Glenn, the, uh, I think yeah. that's his name, right? The defensive coordinator, right? They, these guys are well respected around the league. Like, and I, I we've talked about this before. And what's nice too is, right? Like the coaches that are bringing in, they may be young. Some of them are young guys, their first roles in these, in uh, first time in these roles, but they're they've come from a bunch of different systems, mm-hmm. right? They're not a product of one system. Like Matt Patricia was only a product of that Bill Belichick system. Yeah. So I kind of I kind of like that they've they've pulled from a bunch of different systems. So uh, I think that brings a lot to the table. I think so too. So Kuz, overall, what offseason grade would you give the Lions? Would you give Sheila Ford? And I, that, includes, that, grade, includes, that includes all the hirings and the trades. Right. You know, right now I would say uh, with the trades and the, and the new hirings, um, I would probably say around like a B plus at least. I would, that's probably where I would grade. I like, I like the coaching staff they've put together. I like the guys. I know uh, I'm hoping that Anthony, Anthony Lynn can work with uh, that's the name, right? Yeah. The offensive coordinator Jared, can work with Jared Goff. Maybe, 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 you know what, uh, they can build some, something out of Jared Goff and give him a, you know, a year or two, uh, you know, to try and, and salvage something of a career, I guess. Right. Or put show that he is this first round draft pick that he was supposed to be. The thing that really sold me on Dan Campbell, because I didn't like the hire when it was first announced. I, I questioned it a lot for a bunch of different reasons. And rightfully Dan- so. Dan, Dan Campbell won me over with one line. It was the it was the line he gave where listen, I can tell you whatever you want to hear, and you fans don't want to hear it. You know, you've been told everything. You know, we Lions fans have been promised the moon and we've heard it all. And Dan Campbell said, I don't I'm not, not going to say anything. You know, you don't want to hear me talk. You want to see something on the field. And I love that attitude. Because I'm telling you, man, because there's so many frigging games I would go to. And last year, the not this past season, because obviously with COVID we couldn't go, but the season before, that was the first time in my life I was at Ford Field and thinking to myself, you know what? I don't want to be here. I don't want to make the drive. And and Ford Field is my safe place. Ford Field is my happy place. And when I when you know what this is, I heard this, and this is this is the best point I can hear I've ever I've, I've ever heard regarding the Lions, and it's really important. And the Fords better hope they hit a home run here, and this is the reason why. The scariest thing that an ownership can have is for people to not care. When your diehard true fans stop not start not caring, that organization and that franchise is in danger. And for a guy like me who's obsessed with this team, for me to start feeling a little indifferent 
or not caring, that's a scary thing because that's when you start losing your fan base. Yeah, you know what? It's funny you should say that. You know, I've talked to a few friends that live in Michigan and like they're more concerned now. It's like it's about, you know, Michigan versus Michigan State. You know, yeah. that that's, you know, they're, they're, they become, it's already there, I think, is a, there's a lot of apathy now towards the Detroit Lions. And it's yeah. like, well, the Lions will always be, what, what do we always say? Oh, same old Lions, right? Same yeah. old Lions has always been that same, uh, like, thing that always pops up. Oh, same old Lions, that's right? Well. We, can't get, we can't get it done. Um, so I really, I'm really hoping that, yeah, this is different because, like, I was really, to be honest with you, I was kind of bummed with the firing of Caldwell. I know he was, he took, he had a decent roster and he never achieved much with it, right? Yeah, he, he maybe yeah. he wasn't the guy. You're just, and we talked, you're just wrong. And I can't stand <laughs> it. I hate this argument of, oh, Caldwell, we fired Caldwell. Caldwell had to go. Caldwell wasn't taking us any further than where, we're, where we were going. Was Jim Caldwell the best coach in the last what, however many years that we've had? Sure. He's like Tony Dungy, right? When then, what did Tampa Bay do with Dungy? They fired Dungy, brought in Gruden, and they won a Super Bowl, right? And yeah. Matt Patricia was supposed to be that guy, but he can't do it. Jim the Caldwell difference is the difference is, though, Gruden was smart. He didn't come in and tear the whole thing down, right? Yeah. He took what... Warren Sapp talks about that. He's, he actually says, like, yeah, Tony yeah, Dungeon put all the ingredients together, but John Gruden was the one that knew how to bake the cake. And that's mm -hmm. the, that's what Matt Patricia had to do. But he came in with that patriot attitude and said, yeah. no, it's the my way or the highway. This is the way it's going to be. Every, and he pushed everybody out, right? Yeah. Like, at least Caldwell created a culture. And I think that's, that's the point I'm trying to make, right? I know he wasn't the guy. I know we were never going to win with him. But the fact that he, he did something that no previous coach in the last 20 years ha was able to do and was able to, at least we weren't getting destroyed in games. We weren't going five and 11, three and 13. The worst we did under him was seven and nine, right? Like that's mediocre, but. Call, Jim Caldwell had one winning season as an as sorry had one winning season as a football coach as the head coach of a football team prior to being with the lions that includes like wake forest and indianapolis and the one year he had a winning season who was his quarterback peyton manning peyton manning yeah you know like it's that simple then they pull peyton manning he goes 2 and 14 you know or whatever they went that year yeah they did so, go to, i think they yeah. did go 2 anyway that's enough about Caldwell. We've moved on from him. And, uh, you know, God bless him. Again, he did. You're right. Compared to Matt Patricia, I'll take Jim Caldwell all day long. You know, yeah. all day long. At least it was exciting to go to games. But, like, I, this is what I'm hoping, I think, from, from Dan Campbell. Create that culture. Make guys yeah. want to play for you. Make guys want to play in Detroit. I think that's, that's, that's kind of where his headspace is probably at. He's like, okay – I've inherited this team. It's been, you're right. The cupboards are bare. They're bare. Yep. The only receiver we have left was Quentin Cephas, right? Yep. Like, like that's it. So like, yeah, the cupboards are bare. Have a great draft, right? Work together with Brad Holmes and right. Have it in Rodwood and have a great draft, right? And, and try and, and bring some free agents in that to fill in some of the missing pieces. You know, that's I think right. that's, that's where, at least that's what I think anyways. Right. But, yep. All right, Kuz, we're going to talk about a couple more things, but we've gone a little long. So we're going to bring in our special guest, 
I'd like to welcome, or I'd like to introduce, sorry, um, our special guest, Steve. And Steve's going to come in every week, and he's going to be our guy. And we got a little segment for Steve, so we're going to let him uh, take it over, and uh, he'll introduce us to himself. And he wants to uh, to talk about, I believe, the draft a little bit. So go ahead, Steve. Thank you so much, Tony. It's been a, I'm pretty jacked about this. It's so hard to hold my tongue to that last conversation. <laughs> oh my God. You can get but, into it. Don't worry. Anyway, I, uh, I, I really appreciate you asking me to do this. This is, um, this is something that I, I do a lot at home uh, to my wife, but uh, she probably is tired of hearing it. She's also a diehard Lions fan and she always listens, but uh, who knows if she's uh, had enough already. So, anyways, what we thought we'd do weekly or biweekly, sorry, uh, is uh, pick some topics uh, that I'd like to, uh, you know, dive into and get my my approach, and then go from there. Um, this one, obviously, with draft coming up so close, we thought we'd talk about my five uh, hopes for the Lions, of number seven pick and then discuss from there and uh, thought maybe we could even get into a little bit of the uh, you know free agent market that's out there still lingering to see if if we don't land somebody that we want uh, at number seven how do we fill those gaps uh, afterwards so uh, for I guess we'll, my first pick overall uh, I don't know if it's it's still a thing for the Lions uh, I don't know a lot of people are kind of scared off with some off-season issues but or you know character issues or not but uh, Mika Parsons is my number one pick for the Lions. Uh, I'm tired of missing out on, uh, sorry, I'm tired of, I can't use that, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, we have a little issue here. Um, I'm tired of Lions, you know, reaching a little bit for a linebacker. I want somebody that can uh, you know, bite some kneecaps off. I want an animal. I've been wanting an animal since Ruben Foster, and, uh, you know, that obviously didn't work out, but, uh, for him, but still, we missed out on Isaiah Simmons last year too. I thought would have been a great pick for the Lions. Versatile, play a couple different spots, um, and we took Okuda, and we'll see how that pans out. I'm still not uh, sold, but I'm not giving up on him either. Uh, number two, uh, if we do decide to go receiver, if he's there, we have to pick Jamar Chase. Uh, he's a difference maker. He is one of the highest rated rookies coming out in a long time, I think, at that position. Um, he, he's, he's got the size, he's got the game the skill, uh, his route running is phenomenal. Um, and, uh, it would be, a, I think a welcome surprise to, uh, you know, get golf on an on the right track right out of the gate, because let's be honest, golf's playing for his career now. Um, you know, if he doesn't perform in, this is a little off topic, but if he doesn't perform in the next two years, if he even gets to stay at the starting quarterback, he's going to be looking for a backup job, I think, um. You know, the the L.A. really tarnished his name, or, you know, he had plenty to do with it as well. But, you know, he's went from a Super Bowl quarterback to, you know, a, a guy in Detroit that might be a, you know, stopgap quarterback. So, I don't, I, I'm not, uh, I haven't given up on, on Goff, I don't think. I think he's got lots to prove, especially, uh, <laughs> imagine coming from L.A. and going to Detroit. Uh, especially with the rosters, the uh, you know, weather, everything on top of that. So um, I think Jamar Chase would be a big help to him to get his feet grounded, come out of the gate quick. You know, I, we're not going to be a winning team uh, unless something miraculous happens, but at least uh, the two can grow together so that when we do have a competitive roster, hopefully 
one, two years, uh, you know, they'll be at their peak performance and ready to roll. Uh, number three is Kyle Pitts. Uh, I never in a million years thought I'd say tight end in the first round, second, third, or fourth for that matter. Um, There's another one of those guys that's probably going to be gone when we get there, uh, when we get to number seven. But, you know, this guy's a difference maker. This guy, if we didn't have Hawkinson, I, I, I'd say a no-brainer. With having Hawkinson, this just creates a new element of the game, uh, possibly comparable to these mobile quarterbacks in the way that uh, teams have created a new system based on the mobility of these quarterbacks, like like they have in Seattle and uh, you know Kansas City. Obviously, you have to cover multiple different areas rather than your st standard typical defenses. Uh, it didn't mean a matchup nightmare with the two of them. Uh, it would fill a lot of holes at the receiver spot as well. Obviously, you know, being uh, you know having two high-end receivers on both ends, uh, you know, you could even yeah, there's plenty you could do with with Pitts. I think that that'd be an absolute no-brainer. Uh, I don't think he's going to get to us, but if he does, and for some reason they don't want to, they, they don't want to take him. He's a hell of a trading trade bait as well for for some major haul um, if we get to that point. Uh, number three, and I hope it doesn't get to this point, but um, either quarterback, Fields or Lance, I think that's there. Uh, you know, it's a it's a matter of not so, not not out of the gate, but having somebody raw, having somebody uh, that can take their time to develop. Like you know, of course, Aaron Rodgers and the all the, the many that have uh, you know uh, Brady and them that have sat first couple of years, get their feet wet. And not just be forced into action, uh, especially in a system like Lions have, where they're probably going to have a pretty rough time in the first few years. Uh, we have Goff. We have somebody that uh, has plenty of experience. He might not be our savior, but one of these guys may be if they have enough time to develop. Uh, and then finally, uh, Sewell. I think uh, he's bouncing all over the board right now. I think if we traded down a couple spots, I, I'd love that that pick. It's not at an actual value position for us right now. I, I don't think because we have such a strong O-line, that's one of those spots that really, it's a, it's a small bright light uh, in the Lions organization right now. But to put him, I saw that he was, he was training at right tackle. To put him at that open, there's an open spot. There's an open starting position at right tackle on the, on the Lions. And that would just lock that front uh, front front line up for Goff. Give him time. To, give him time, and, and and the rest of them, Swift and everybody, to you know put those numbers up. So you know, I, you know what? I, I love your points there. I love your your, your first couple points, especially. Um, I, I like the Sewell pick as well. I, I I'm an offensive lineman, so I love lineman picks. I just do. But um, I'd like the idea of moving down if you could get them. If by moving yeah. down, it'd be great. Um, I, you know what? Because to go on to that point of like not just protecting Goff, it would be nice to put a thousand yard rusher with DeAndre Swift on the field. You yeah, know, okay. like that would make me happy. We haven't had one since uh, Reggie Bush. So, what do you guys think? See, I like Sewell. Sewell's fine. To my opinion, the best tackle in this league, the best O lineman in this draft. Is Slater from Northwestern. The guy is a monster. The guy is an absolute tank. And all you have to do is put on that Ohio State tape against Chase Young and tell me that Slater, Slater isn't, isn't going to be a top tackle in this league. I actually like tack, like Slater more than Sewell. Yeah, he shot up the, he shot up the ranks lately. Um, he's, 
I mean, obviously he's been there. He's been an all-star, but uh, yeah. you know he's really getting a lot of attention lately for you know teams planning after school. Uh, but who knows what's going to happen? You know, like I, I think we have plenty of options, especially if we trade down. You know, whether it's with Washington, uh, obviously the Patriots are going to be hungry to make a trade to move up a little bit. Again, Matt, Mac Jones. I think I think a lot's going to be dictated in the first three picks. Um, you know, because whatever the Niners do is going to dictate a lot, especially, hey, with, Steve, especially where does the draft get weird for you? Uh, after the like Niners, what pick? After the Niners, after after number three. Yeah, yeah same I, here. I That's what I was thinking today. Yeah, because I mean, uh, there's Miami, right? Miami's yeah. four. Yeah, Miami's. I mean, they're they're picking just to stack their line. No, Atlanta's four. Atlanta's four. Oh, no, no, sorry. Atlanta's four. Miami's I, I six. Yeah. yeah, I don't think they're going to go quarterback. I don't think they're done with the, the Matt Ryan era yet. So what is – okay, guys, I've got to ask you this about Fields. So I don't know if you saw the report today, but it came out today that Justin Fields has been battling epilepsy and has had epilepsy, epilepsy since he was a, a kid. And the symptoms have gotten better the older he's gotten, and I guess it runs in his family as well. And his siblings all grew out of it. Um, so, but Justin Fields is still having some, some issues with epilepsy. So do you think that, and that just came out today, do you think that's going to affect his draft order or sorry, affect where he's taken in the draft, Steve? No, no, I think, I think, uh, he's made his point. He's shown what he can do in the big games. He's a baller. I think he's better than Zach Wilson, hands down. And, uh, you know, he, he's put up the numbers when needed to, he's came to shine in the big games. And I think. Whoever gets him is going to get a difference maker. He's he's got the arm talent, but he also can run like the wind. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I'm super high on Justin Fields. If we didn't get Goff or if we didn't get a solid quarterback out of the trade that we did, and we got the Hall for Stafford, you know, I I'd be all in for Justin Fields. Yeah, so, Justin Fields. I don't think the epilepsy is going to be an issue either. I think yeah. you know he's going to have access to world class physicians, right? That that are going to be able to help him, even if it is still somewhat of an issue. I don't see that, that right. being an issue at all. Okay, guys, I got a couple questions, and then we're going to move on. So you have thirty seconds to answer these questions. We'll start with Steve. Who's going to be the big? Who's going to be the bust out of this draft class? Mac Jones. Who's? Oh, it's that's tough for me to say. I I'd have to say probably one of those quarterbacks will be will be a bust coming out of this draft. It's hard for me to pinpoint one, but yeah, for me it's a no brainer. I think Trey Lance is going to be a bust, and I can list off the hundreds of reasons why. Um, but the main reasons are the guy play didn't play last year. When he did play, he only averaged eighteen passes a game. You know, and most of them were just intermediate routes. This guy, it, people are fixated on the talent, but not so much the performance on the field, right? And the one thing that I'll, I always say, the one draft order or the mock draft rankings that I pay the most attention to are the ones that come out right after the college football season. And the reason for that is the, those are the guys who can play football. Those aren't the guys who can run the fastest 40 or do the most bench presses. I pay attention to those rankings because those are the best football players. 
right? Not the best workout warriors. So yeah. that's kind of where I sit with that. Uh, yeah, I you know I, I don't know what uh, benching you know two twenty five yeah. thirty times means to you playing football on the field. But yeah. Steve, you already answered this, but we'll go to Coos, Waddle, Chase, or Smith. Which wide receiver do you want? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'm going to go with Jamar Chase as well. I just think that he has just got an, a talent that's above above the rest. Uh, I'd be happy, perf be honest with you, I'd happy be, be happy with any of those three. But I think Jamar Chase is the one that uh, you want to go with if he's if we're going to go receiver at seven. Coos, favorite Lions memory. My favorite Lions memory was probably uh, my, the game. I one of the few, last few games I was gone, I've been to at Ford Field. I went to the Thanksgiving Day game uh, where it was Joey Harrington's return to Detroit when he was playing with Miami, and like the atmosphere was electric. Right, the crowd was so loud. Uh, everything was great, and then Joey Harrington, you know, started to put a coat started to move the ball and put a couple of touchdowns on the board and it just silenced the entire thing. And Miami went on to win the game. And like, uh, I don't, it's, I know we did, we lost, but it's still one. I don't know what, it's just one of my favorite lion uh, memories for me. Uh, the other one I'd have to say is, um, and it's a collection of memories is, is, you know, the Matthew Stafford, right. Uh, the watching the, the, the games, the guy has, you know, uh, he's like, in the running he's in the top five i think for fourth quarter comebacks right and he's you know still has has years to go he'll probably he could end up with that record right uh it was always electric right it was always amazing watching stafford if we're down by by you know like uh you know less than a touchdown with with a minute and a half left it was like you always had this belief or at least i did i was like that he could do it that that was his thing right um so like those are probably some of my favorite line memories steve yeah, so this is kind of a weird one, but uh, it was my first Lions game in. It was in Green Bay, I believe it was uh, New Year's Day, Matt Flynn game. Oh no! Yeah, we went down with uh, my wife's American, so we have we have a bunch of friends that are over there. We went down; they're all Packers fans. I was kind of in limbo with uh, my fandom at the time. I, uh, long story short, I was a somewhat of a Patriots fan. That's when I got caught cheating. Really turned me off, and I decided that uh, I was going to float around. That was the deciding point of you know the the team that was against all odds to win. They got throttled that game. I mean, it was a shootout, but you know they wound up losing. Um, and it's not <laughs> be careful with how I say this. Not necessarily the Lions, but it was the Packer fans that made me become a Lions fan. And I, that's terrible. Not my, not my close friends that I went with, but uh, I don't know. It was just something about them, the, the underdog feel of the Detroit Lions. And it grew from there, like, tremendously. You know, that was Megatron season. Uh, you know, Stafford was young gunslinger, taking risks all the time. You know, defense was coming up pretty good. They had a team. They had a squad in the years following that. And, uh, you know, I've them since. Um, you know, another one, as crazy as it sounds, is when they fired Matt Patricia. And Bob Quinn. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's terrible. To say, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. But, you know, Sheila seemed out of the gate to want to make some noise and make yeah. some changes. And that's what made it serious. You know, cleaning house, front office. 
which then followed by the Stafford trade, which is incredible. The, the haul that they got for him. You know, these this offseason is as shitty as it may be for the you know the bottom line of what talent we have left. It's what's been needing to happen for the last two or three years. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we tried. I guess Quinn and Trisha tried to make a stab at it with the talent that we had, but obviously it wasn't handled the right way, and we lost a lot of the talent because of that. So this offseason, as crazy as it sounds, is one of my best memories because I think this is the turning point. And, you know, I might be drinking the Kool-Aid, but, um, you know, the, the noise that Shield's been making, I, I'm loving. And uh, the attitudes of the front office so far, John Dorsey's one of my favorite head front office guys out there. He's an animal, and just the people that they're, they're putting him up there, is, uh, it, they're going to jive great together, I think, and make some noise in a couple of years. So my favorite memory, and this is something that shows the, how much I love this team. December 29, 2003, against the 5-11 the Lions, we're playing the 12-4 St. Louis Rams. And this is when Mark Bulger was starting for St. Louis, and Kurt Warner was actually backing him up at the time. This was one of Warner's last years. And Joey Harrington came out that game and threw three touchdown passes. And the Lions came back. And there was a play. I'm going to look for this clip. And if I find this clip, I'll, we'll show it next week or on our next episode. Because this is a play that will always ring in my head. I don't know if you guys remember Otis Smith, the old Otis Smith. He played in the league for years. And he was part of the Lions. The Lions called a corner blitz. And Otis Smith came in on Mark Bulger from behind and laid the biggest hit I have ever seen on a quarterback in my life. Ball goes flying. Lions pick it up. I'm pretty sure they returned it for a touchdown. Lions win the game, cost the Ram or cost St. Louis home field advantage throughout the playoffs. I have never heard Ford Field as loud and as, as and as insane as that game. And that was awesome for me. And that's one of the cool memories. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about too quickly, guys, before we uh, sign off on the first on our first episode here, is I just want to talk a little bit about Ford Field. Ford Field, in my opinion, is a hidden gem in the NFL. I've been to a few stadiums, and my love and affinity for Ford Field is just something I can't even begin to describe. You know. We've been in there before. I know we've been to games, and I tell people this, right? When you're at a game and the Lions are doing well, and you want to hear deafening noise, deafening noise, there'll be games when it's, you know, fourth and two, and the defense is on the field, where I'll be sitting next to somebody, and I'll be yelling, screaming at them as loud as I can, and they'll be like, what? I can't hear you, right? And that's how loud Ford Field can get. I absolutely love Ford Field, and I love the atmosphere and the environment. Um, I just want your guys' thoughts on that. So, Steve, we'll start with you. Yeah, I've been to a couple games now uh, with my, with the family. Uh, we have some other friends that have some season tickets, and um, they have some pretty awesome seats there. I think they're at the 20 on the visitor side, um, four rows up, that we last couple of games we've been to. So we were right there. And I remember just walking into that place and playing the Jets. And uh, Matt Sanchez was the quarterback. Geno Smith was just drafted. And I was yelling at Sanchez, just, you're terrible, put Geno in. And I was like, my wife was looking at me cross-eyed. It was one of those things that I'll never forget, but he was just right there. 
And like Tony said, the, the noise, it's a different, it's a different feeling, like your clothes vibrate when it, when they yell. Uh, they, they could be too, you know, the record could be not even close to being qualifying for the playoffs or dead last, and that place is rambling on. Um, the, the, the smell of the air in there and Comerica, just uh, something different. And, you know, pregame, it's put together so nicely. You know, there's that guy on the, the main street playing the drums across from the place where you always go buy a new shirt for yeah. the game. Go pick up a beer across the street and go to go into Fort Bill. There's nothing like it. Cruz, you got 60 seconds. Go ahead. All right. So, yeah, you know what? As you know, I live in Fort Francis, which is about 17 hours away from Detroit. So uh, it's uh, it's very difficult for me to get to Ford Field. I absolutely love the building. Um, I haven't been to a Lions game in Ford Field now in a number of years, and I'm dying, dying to go back. I'm willing to take whatever unpaid days off to go there, right? Because exactly, the atmosphere is is great. I'm always having to watch them in freaking Minnesota and people chirping at me, and I want to be at home. I want to be at home in my security blanket, right? Um, yeah, no, I love Ford Field. Every time I go down there and we go down to watch Tigers games and it's like, I just, it feels so good to see the building. It gives me goosebumps to see it, right? So uh, I'm, I'm dying to get back there and get into that building again and cheer those those lions on again. Perfect. Well, Coos and Steve, listen, we appreciate you guys joining us today. And uh, thanks for doing this with me. I know this is something we've talked about doing for a long time. Obviously, we're going to have some hiccups to start here. But, uh, you know, I think that this has a lot of potential and, you know, some of the stories that we have and some of the stories that we can tell and some of the videos we can show, you know, are just going to be things that I think people are going to love. And I know next show, we're definitely going to be talking about the draft and what the Lions decided to do and the angle they ended up going. But the other main thing I want to talk about is the hatred that Lions fans should or are supposed to have for the most despicable franchise in sports, the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, yeah. I don't stand by that statement all day long. I, I, mean, I hope they lose Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I and hope they lose him. And if you're a Lions fan, you know what I mean. And as a little teaser, I have uh, a terrific video that will show next week of me chirping Eddie Lacy to no end. So uh, that'll be a, a little teaser for everybody. But Thank you guys so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. We are the Lions guys. We're brought to you by Outspoken Sports here in Sault Ste. Marie. Mike, Mike and Steve, thanks a lot for joining us, guys, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. Thank you. See you in a couple weeks.